you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Go here with you. We got, for the last time, I think I said that last time. Yeah. But no, for reals, this time. It's the last time. It's the Wiz. <laughs> Not the Wiz. <whiskey. laughs> I looked even, over there. Somebody should take the the mic from you. You know, he's, <laughs> he's all shook right now because he's not sitting in his normal seat because true. Sheck was just in it. This is 100% true. Who also <laughs> is battling some sort of illness as I am. I'm let all me, out of sorts. Let me just tell you guys, I was obviously on my favorite podcast, the Dave Damashek football <laughs> program, uh, earlier today Jesus. with Damashek sitting where James is sitting yeah. now. and. And there was a moment during the show where Shaq is mid-sentence and just a big drop of snot just comes right out of his nose and, and oh, it's his chest. Oh, that's what the stain was on his shirt? Because I saw him Probably. walking out of the studio. Well, no, no, no. He came, he came in the studio with that, with that stain. So that is I, awful. But let me tell you, two of the three, two of the three other people on the show yes. were professionals okay. and just didn't acknowledge it at all. But, uh, but then you. No, no, no. Actually, I was the one. Right. Me and Matt Money Smith just didn't, didn't acknowledge it at all. Handsome Hank Henry Hodgson just goes just a quick, just completely turned his head in disgust. In the and it's a video show too, so you, you I like it. See that I like it. Boy, young boy, Matt Harmon, West Virginia's finest. No, for reals this time. Uh, it is his last show before he enters into the wilderness. Yeah, I got it. Got I got a lot of cool stuff coming up. Okay, great. I'm looking forward cool to stuff it. Stuff coming up. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's cracking? Not much. Uh, yeah, it's good. Okay, life is good. good. Perfect. All All right. All right. Great. We got a a lot of USC-related news, so we will uh, be hearing a lot from uh, MG in this show. Giddy up. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We've got the whiz kid from Wisconsin, uh, Alex Gellhart. What's cracking? I've I've pulled myself out of my bedridden illness like Leo in The Revenant. That's right. Crawling out of the hole in the ground. (laughs) Were you mauled by (laughs) a bear? No, I was mauled by some sort of like four-pronged cold attack that was nasal, throat, chest cough and headache fever. So, so we're in good shape here. We're in the same room with uh with Damashek's illness incubating in this room and we're also working at the same time. 
with the four with, with the four pronged uh, illness attack of Alex? assault. Okay. okay, but I think I'm on Disgusting. the up and up. Like I Good. said, and I mean I'm like the guy Good. in Independence Day who's stuck behind the glass with the aliens right now, <laughs> and you guys are on the safe side. Although you have yeah, to but come, he, you have to come through me to get. I was going to say eventually oh. we got to walk through the area that you are polluting right now. Oh boy! All right, you know we're we're going to try to keep the show relatively tight today. We're going to talk about your top news, uh, get you some red zone play calling tendencies. A very interesting fantasy related uh, article that Alex Gilhar wrote, and he'll give us some notable findings there. We'll close out with daily daps as well. But as always, we start the show with your top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. Hey, oh, we'll start in Arizona. Carson Palmer set to return. How you like that? All these rumors, all these crazy speculation, taking his kids out of school, putting his house on the mark. What a, I mean, all kinds of things happened to Carson. And here he is. He's, he's going to be back. So it's going to be good. Back. Best pump fake he's had in a while. <laughs> hey, oh, this is this is good news, though. <laughs> oh, for sure. It's good news for Arizona. Uh, yeah, it's good news for running back David Johnson. It's good news for whoever emerges in the pass catching core alongside Larry Fitzgerald. It's good news. Now we just have to hope that the offensive line can get healthy, stay healthy, and pass protect. All right, we'll stay in Arizona. How about six weeks after sustaining a nasty-looking knee injury? Running back David Johnson put out a Twitter video of him literally jumping out of a pool with the caption, quote, progress going great. I will say, good God. I mean, it's an impressive athletic feat to jump out of a pool when just straight healthy. See, I can't do that with two healthy knees. <laughs> well, I mean, I think by the end of this offseason training program, you know, nope. I can probably. <laughs> nope. Yeah, I'll probably. Not, <laughs> not even close. I, I will. I, I mean, are we talking like kiddie pool? Like not an actual swimming pool. Hilarious. Anyways, I'll just I'll just say probably by, you know, three months from now. Nope. You know, I'll, I'll be posting that video myself. <laughs> But I don't want to. I, I probably won't go shirtless in it because I don't want to make you guys feel bad. Three months from now, you Thanks. won't. <laughs> three months from now, you don't even know where your 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 meal's going to be coming from. Oh, I know where my meal's coming from. From, from Mrs. Franchise, probably. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, in a tent together in the middle of the Arizona <laughs> desert. Good. We'll we'll catch the food. Um, it's pretty gathering. Pretty good stuff. Go find uh, that Twitter video. Twitter John, uh, David Johnson thirty one. If you want to go find him on Twitter, but man. I was impressed. Just six, we're six weeks removed from that from that nasty looking knee injury, Gilhar, and here he is. He's jumping. I mean, he looks just as explosive as ever. I mean, we might have a new cyborg on our hands, guys. That's, okay. that's, that's, that's the analysis to take. He's not human. That's a good point. He's not human. He's a cyborg. All right. Uh, we will stay with you, Alex Gilhar. We'll talk Packers. The Packers released James of the House Starks with a non-football injury designation. This on the heels of Eddie Lacy being a free agent. Don't know whether he's coming back. It does sound like he will, but you never know. Uh, in Green Bay, basically saying Ty Montgomery will be a full-time running back next year. David Bakhtiari and his beautiful hair saying Montgomery is a natural and could be a, quote, bell cow running back for Green Bay. Alex, what are you making the news? Well, the James Starks release isn't surprising. He's old. Like people might remember him, like you know, from his good Super Bowl run in 2010. But he was For a sure. rookie, and I think he was 24 that season. So James Starks is over 30, if I'm, if I'm also not mistaken. And uh, you are correct. He did not play very well this past year, so it's not a surprising cut in the least. And the rumblings are: it seems like they want Eddie Lacy to come back, and he's going to have to take a team-friendly deal somewhere because of his weight and injury issues the last couple of years. Right. So. Performance. 
and performance. Yeah, I mean those are all those both conspired to the the poor performance. He wasn't very good, but uh, I I honestly would be surprised if they kept him and had Montgomery. So it's a little bit of a thunder and lightning kind of approach in a way. Okay. But, uh, yeah, the Starks news isn't surprising, but if if Eddie Lacy were to go, I'm trying to think about what the market is right now for Eddie Lacy. There's almost none, right? Because it's a running back heavy draft where there's going to be a lot of young, talented uh, running backs in this draft class. Where, where does Eddie Lacy even go? Because of the weight, because of the injuries, because of the performance. I mean, I can't even – I don't even know what the market would be for Eddie Lacy. I have no idea either. I mean, who would want to – I mean, he hasn't put on good film in the last two years. Right. Period. I mean, I th- it's a long time since he's played well, and I think what's the – you know what are you really chasing you probably bring him in to compete in camp if you're another team not green bay and you just you see what you have but you can't sign him for like any sort of guaranteed role it would be a my guess is it'd be one of those short two to three year minimum. i think he gets a one year one or one or two is probably more likely but you know I could a two-year like, deal with one year guaranteed or something probably like, like easy to cut right like a like a two-year couple million dollar deal where Man. he gets a little bit front load in the first year and then if he doesn't pan out they cut him that is crazy i mean Honestly, though, is this not crazy? It is crazy. You it think is, about, I mean, you think about the fall of this guy, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, this time about, last year, we're talking about, you know. We're talking about rookie of the year carried the Packers offense while Aaron Rodgers was injured. It's and, crazy. I mean, back know. back in the year of was the 2015 season when, uh, you know, running back was such a disastrous position up at the top, we largely considered uh, the, the Eddie Lacy to be the safe running back pick. <laughs> yeah. Good God. Yeah. It was uh, it's it's quite a fall. So we'll see if he he has any sort of a late career renaissance or if he continues on this path. Oh man! So yes, hey sir. hey, before we talk before we talk uh, talk Sark, yes, it's hard to get out. I gotta leave. Yep. Just like that? Yeah, I gotta leave. Well, uh, as uh, as part of his exit per usual. year, he has to have meetings. With I have to have, have, figures, to have so. a few ex. I have to have an exit meeting right now. Wow. Um, but before I go, yes, can I just make a few announcements about what to expect? Okay. I was going to say you, should, you could have done that off the top, but we jumped past it. So yeah, right. naturally, James, yeah. uh, you usurped me. Of Jeez, course, correct. Um, well, for one, there is a big reception perception announcement coming soon, but I can't talk about it officially right now because Penn has not hit paper. Wow, uh, on a, the on the contract, but. I can tell you tomorrow I will be announcing big reception perception news. So stay tuned to Twitter. I will post a post to Backyard Banter letting everybody know. But what I can tell you is that, one, the Backyard Banter podcast will be back. Hell yeah. James Coe, you're the only one I haven't had on from the podcast yet. Shocking. So I hope to have you on to talk. Well, now I was waiting Shocking. I was waiting for you to become a rich <laughs> basketball broadcaster. So now we, <laughs> we have two things to talk about with you. And also, even bigger, uh, this is the second place I'll be announcing this publicly. I okay. did announce it on my favorite podcast, the Dave <laughs> Football Program wow. earlier. I will slap you. We're, but, getting, we're getting sloppy seconds oh of announcements. God. But um, the good news is... Yes, uh, I will be. Uh, I will be starting another podcast with our own Matt Franciscovich. Yeah, we will buddy. be launching a fantasy hipsters podcast. Hope to come out in the next two weeks. It's going to have theme music. It's going to have wow. artwork. It's gonna, what? It's Why are you going to have more production be... value than this show? I it know. Is. I'm even hoping to get a couple sponsors, which is impossible to do on this show. <laughs> um, but so good news. If you like this show, I think you're going to like that one. Not only will we be ta- – we probably won't talk – honestly, we probably will talk about ver- fantasy football very little. But we will talk about NFL news. We will talk about beer, food, and many other things. So it's the Feelings Podcast. So it's the Feelings Podcast. It's At long be, last. It is going to be a lot. So stay tuned for a lot of big things for me. If I don't make it back from Daily Daps – I'll catch you all idiots. You know, it's going to be right. interesting. You're going to actually be talking about organic gardening in that podcast, which is going to be great. 
I'm fired up. It's basically all the things I like try to hijack this show to do. I <laughs> all, right. all right, go to your meeting. Great, 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 great. Fabulous. Oh, well, it's it's good to see that this is going to be Matt Harmon's third favorite podcast now. Yep. Yep. We're just moving down. Actually, fourth favorite behind his own BYB podcast. Fifth, because apparently he might be making an appearance on Move the Stick sometimes. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. They grow up so gosh darn fast. Guys. Okay, man. All right. Great. I mean, I feel like the podcast just got shattered. <laughs> How do we move on? Or it got better. Oh. Okay. Ooh, addition Ooh. by subtraction. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Right, we'll talk, where were we in the rundown we'll talk here? about Steve Sarkeesian. Yes, that's right. Uh, the Sark continues to fall forwards. Uh, 16 months after being fired from USC for reportedly showing up to practice inebriated, checking himself into rehab, for God's sakes, Sark goes from unemployed to being grandfathered the OC job at Alabama to all of a sudden, out of nowhere... Being the new OC for a Super Bowl contender. What? I mean, talk about a charmed life. Talk about, I mean, 16 months ago, we weren't sure this dude was ever going to work in football. Now he is the OC for Atlanta. That is good. It is. Um, I will say this, and I, I mentioned it on Twitter when the announcement hit. Like, I hope really for for the sake of Steve Sarkeesian that, Everything else is behind him that he, you know, obviously he checked himself in and, and went to get help. And so I, I really, truly do hope that he is okay because um, there are few things like the pressure of being a coach at the NFL level. I mean, first, you know, having been a coach, as brief as it was, call, calling one game, that game being the national championship yeah. at a school like Alabama, <laughs> that's a big deal. But now having to go and be the offensive coordinator for an NFL team that just came off a Super Bowl win and has big expectations going into the next year. I, I really do, for his own sake, hope that you know that he is going to be okay to do the job. As for he's filling in big shoes. I mean, I mean, well, Kyle Shanahan right now. I mean, I know obviously he's the hottest name in the NFL. Absolutely. Now that last series that Atlanta had obviously is drawing a lot of ire from Falcon fans and and football analysts. Forty yeah, Nine er fans aren't hot takes about it. <laughs> That's true as well. But that being said, though, I mean, just generally very well regarded Kyle Shanahan. And now in comes Steve Sarkeesian, big shoes to fill, but from a fantasy perspective, MG. Level of concern now uh, for Atlanta, given that it is Steve Sarkeesian, who, again, has never called an NFL game. Uh, I'm not overly concerned. Um, I, I mean, in terms of, of what he will bring to this offense. I mean, one, it is still loaded with talent. You know, you still have Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and, and the two-headed man brothers of Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Uh, you know, I think we'll see more of Austin Hooper getting worked in this year coming up. Mohamed Sanu still there. So there's still a plethora of talent for him to work with. And, you know, one of the things he said, and I think it, it bears out when you see what he did at SC – he will be very aggressive in trying to push the ball down the field, trying to get big plays, trying to keep this offense wide open. So I think in that respect, I think you know all the guys that, that you counted on from a fantasy perspective last year will be the same guys that you can count on again this year. So I, I don't worry too much about everything just suddenly going south with this offense. But did you like the USC offense? I felt like USC fans didn't like Sark's offense. It wasn't great. It was Well, first off, it was better than Lane's. <laughs> It was better than Lane Kiffin's. Um, oh, you didn't like the 47 bubble screen? It was also, I mean, it was also a situation where, you know, like, you know without getting too far into the weeds, the, the program was still kind of hamstrung. They were still dealing with sanctions. The, the talent level probably wasn't where, you know, a lot of fans would have wanted it to be. Okay. So, you know, I, I, 
look, I, it, it was yes, I understand. SC fans, we tend to be a kind of spoiled and obnoxious lot when it comes to this sort of thing. Kind of. Uh, look, <laughs> man. Tend to be. <laughs> so, so yeah, we we tend to complain about things, but I do, I I do think on the whole, I don't expect a why. I just don't expect a big big drop off from the group uh, from the the Falcons offense this uh, year versus or next year versus this past year. The big question for me is yeah. in the running attack cuz the Shanahan's have long been big proponents of the zone, zone blocking. Zone yeah. blocking. And Atlanta was one, was one of the teams that ran it the most, I think almost exclusively basically last year. And there's a good article here I was just pulling up from Far the Wind cuz I wanted to see if anybody else had, uh touched on this and it was Steven Ruiz from there noted how um, they did almost exclusively use zone read, and Sark in the past has wanted to run a power running attack with man blocking and open up counters and stuff, which could suit Devonta Freeman because he was so, so good at you know finding those cutback lanes in the zone scheme, but also wondering if he's going to want to put in more of those run-pass options we saw so often and have Matt Ryan throw more out of the gun where the Falcons weren't as efficient running the football. so mm. He did like to use a shotgun a lot. Would be really curious to see what impact, if any, that has or if they try to reshape the offensive line for this new thing and stuff like that because it's a, di- it's a different type of lineman that you need for zone blocking versus power schemes. So. I do think RIP Tevin Coleman. <laughs> Potentially. That's something we're going to have to watch closely is other personnel moves, how they draft, and like you know what they look like in the preseason. Because this, this could be a, a huge shift in this offense. It's loaded with playmakers, but if they're all figuring out a new system and the pieces don't fit the system that they want, because sometimes new coordinators need a year or so to get all the pieces they want to run their offense, a la what it took Shanahan two years yeah, to do in Atlanta. Right. This, this offense could be, you know, could be a bit of a, of a pitfall. I'm scared. Fantasy. I'm scared. I think it's going to be a mess. I mean, we talk about them ha- being loaded with quote-unquote playmakers, but again, you mentioned it, Alex, where is the offensive coordinator putting these guys in the right spot? I mean, let's not overvalue a guy like Peter Gabriel, right? <laughs> or Taylor Gabriel or whoever, whatever, sledgehammer guy. Anyway, the bottom line is we're talking about a guy that was completely ineffectual in Cleveland. He was cut by Cleveland. And, yeah, he had a career resurgence there in Atlanta, but that's because Kyle Shanahan put him in the right spots. He got him the ball in the right places. He figured out where this dude was going to be the most effective. Mohamed Sanu, same thing. I mean, yeah, he had a couple of uh, decent years there in Cincinnati, but playing the number two, he was never that game-breaker type dude. But in Atlanta, all of a sudden, he is that guy that was a go-to type of player. So, I don't know, man. I've got some serious concerns. I mean, Matt Ryan now is going to be dealing with, what, his his fourth offensive coordinator o- over his uh, over his career? I, I mean, I just – I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm extremely concerned moving forward about Atlanta's offense, and I know that they were really, really good this year. Uh, but, man, going into 2017, I got some serious, serious concerns. Uh, there. All right, let's move forward. Uh, red zone play calling tendencies. Alex Gelhar, the Whiskey from Wisconsin, wrote a, a terrific article uh, you can find oh, thank you, sir. on NFL.com. Uh, very well researched. NFL.com slash fantasy or NFL.com slash Gelhar. But uh, give me some notable findings. So what's the overall uh, – wh- basically, why did you write the piece and what did you find? I was just always curious because – you know, touchdowns are the lifeblood of fantasy football, but they're so hard to predict because they're, you know, 
guys can get, like Calvin Johnson, we always talk about his massive year, get stopped at the one-yard line a bunch. But one area that can help us look a little bit more is red zone tendencies, like, or it can help be a tiebreaker. It's just one very small piece of the puzzle, but, you know, if a team is more intent on throwing the football near the near the goal line than they are running it, you can know that that might help lift uh, their pass catchers in the area. So I was just curious at both, like, how historically teams had done over the last four or five years and then how that changed this past year. And there were a couple interesting takeaways. I mean, if you guys uh, read the article, if there's anything else you want to bring up. Uh, for starters, that the two big teams that saw a huge drop in their red zone passing percentage were the Cowboys and Broncos, which should come as no surprise because they both went from, like, an elite passer, Tony Romo, Peyton Manning, right. to young passer, rookie and Dak Prescott, and second-year guy and Trevor Simeon. So they dropped by uh, 11%, and uh, where's the other one? Uh, missing it on the table at the moment, but they drop by they drop by a lot out of the top ten, and we'd expect those guys to kind of bounce back. Uh, a couple of the, the teams that were no surprise that were at the top: Green Bay, Detroit, uh, Pittsburgh. You know, teams that you would expect to throw heavily. Jacksonville also uh, even gained a little bit. They were one of the top teams. They were the top team from 2012 to 2015 in terms of passing in the red zone, with right. 64.6 percent of the time. And that even jumped up for them. They went to 68.4% of the time in 2016. So probably injuries to Ivory and Yeldon. Ineffectiveness of yeah. right, right. So these these are kind of things to weigh when, when figuring out who to draft from those teams and stuff like that. Um, another interesting one was how um, the Patriots, both historically and this past year, were a pretty run-heavy team when it came to getting into the red zone. Okay. And what I found interesting was in 2016, they actually – LeGarrette Blunt had more red zone carries per game after Brady returned in week five than he did in the first four weeks of the season. How interesting. Which just shows that they're, they're you know, a very smart team at using mismatches and things like that to get their guys in positions to succeed. Um, the Seahawks jumped a bunch in passing percentage, which I think we can all note to the absence of Marshawn Lynch, injury yeah. to Thomas Rawls, injury to CJ Procise, and cutting of Kristen Michael. Uh, so that you, I would expect them to even out a little bit more, even though Russell Wilson has kind of taken that massive next step uh, in the past couple of years as a quarterback. Right. But the big team that I found that was interesting to watch was the Tennessee Titans, and I kind of highlighted them at the end of the article. Okay. Because their red zone passing percentage jumped six points. It went up to 50.3 in uh, 2016, so they passed more than they ran, which I thought was interesting considering they spent a bunch of money or a bunch of capital to get to Marco Murray and drafted Derrick Henry. Like, those are two moves, and, you know, they took a tackle in the first round. All these moves seem to hint to them being more that run-oriented team, but when it came down to crunch time in the red zone, they leaned on Marcus Mariota, who, following in the mold of Aaron Rodgers, he has 33 touchdowns and no interceptions in the red zone in his young career. That's amazing. Uh, and Richard Matthews is the other guy to note. A lot of people are potentially projecting the Titans to go after a wide receiver in uh, early in the draft, maybe free agency. Sure. But Rashard Matthews, who they signed last year from the Dolphins, uh, caught 12 of his 15 targets in the red zone for seven scores, and no other wide receiver uh, had more than four red zone targets. Am I, am I wrong in feeling like Rashard Matthews feels a lot like Mosinu? He's a really good player. He's not quite that number one, though. He's no, not a number he's, one. He's not a number one. They, they had to kind of scheme him open a lot of times, but 
fact of the matter is, he was very efficient. He was very good with his opportunities. So if they get somebody else next to him and he's the number two, then that's what I'm saying. He could probably still be just as effective. That's what I'm thinking, right? But that's why I, I'm starting to really like Rashard Matthews as kind of a later round guy to target this sure. year. You remember like where Marv Jones was last year in the oh, draft yeah. before oh, yeah. his stock, stock flew to like crazy. the fourth <laughs> round. But Rashard Matthews could be a guy that might be hanging around there and like round. Eight to ten. Okay. And if you're rounding out a wide receiver core, grabbing your you know third, fourth, or fifth guy, hopefully not your third by round nine, but yeah. you know fourth or fifth guy, he could be a great one to target. Um, when I take a look at uh, your red zone play calling differentials, right between 2016 and their five year averages, mm-hmm. um, one of the one of the names that kind of pops out to me is the Baltimore Ravens. Twelve uh, percent more in 2016 in terms of pass attempts, pass percentage uh, in the red zone. What did you find there with Baltimore? Well, for them too, it was the case of having so many issues in the running back spot. I think because their backfield was so unsettled all year. You know, Justin Forsett, Terrence West, Kenneth Dixon had all of these chances to take the lead spot, and none of those guys really fit the archetype either. I mean, they Terrence also changed West a little OCs bit. in the midseason. They also changed OCs, and I just think that offense as a whole was was undergoing a lot of changes. I would expect them to even out a little bit because that's such a huge jump, huge jump. And it wasn't super efficient for them either. In it's that, the biggest jump of any team in 2016 compared to their five-year it, average. It was the biggest jump. And there have been rumblings that they might be looking for a running back in the draft too. I mean, the highest pick they just expended was Kenneth Dixon in, at the back end of round four last right. year. And with this deep running back class, as you mentioned off the top, they could grab somebody there. Who knows? Maybe they get a get a bigger hammer like they'd be they'd be looking for in that spot. Uh, does Harbaugh and, – and I guess my question is, uh, according to your five-year averages, do you think Harbaugh likes to call – a lot of runs there in that red zone area. I mean, the, he had showed since 2012 is is nearing the beginning of his time there. It's a couple couple years off. I think what did he start in 08? But uh, over that five year span, they were close to a 50 50 split there. Just about 48 percent run, 52 percent uh, passing percentage. Right. But that also you got to remember has gone through a number of coordinators there. But true. But still, I think I think they they like to, especially being in that black and blue division, kind of pound the rock, control the clock, and. They don't have, right now, they don't have an elite red zone option in their passing arsenal. So the reason I bring this up is because, to me, that's the team that jumps out to me in terms of, okay, you can find a gem, a running back gem there in Baltimore um, just based off of the play calling near the end zone, right? Because, yes, they were getting away from that. Uh, considerably in 2016, but if they get back to what they want to do and their five-year average shows that they're one of the 12 most run-heavy teams in that red zone area, well, maybe that running back position there in Baltimore can be that gem in the rough in 2017, right. no? It could It could easily be a team that bounces way back up, and if they pick the right guy or they get one in free agency or even if they're like, hey, we're going to turn the reins over to Kenneth Dixon, right. could be a good guy to scoop up late. Like That's something we could have probably figured out with LeGarrette Blunt again is he had had good success there. Uh, there, had we looked at this play calling tendency indicator before, knowing Brady's on a suspension, could have been like, oh man, he could be in a good spot. Again, it's not the most predictive stats, but there are things you can do to, to help help paint a picture of, of somebody potentially getting into the end zone more often. Well, you know, it's interesting because I think we spend a lot of our offseason talking about new coaches, mm-hmm. new offensive coordinators, new defensive coordinators. What are their tendencies? But yet, there are a lot of coaches in the NFL that have been there for five years, and we should already know what their tendencies are. Right. And yet, sometimes we don't necessarily spend that kind of time or analysis kind of looking at that. And that's kind of what I really liked uh, about your article is the fact that we can kind of take a look at a guy like John Harbaugh, who has been there for a long-ass time, <laughs> and say, okay, well, this is his tendencies, yes. and, and this is what we know, and maybe he gets back to that 
that uh, in 2017. So that's the one uh, team that I saw on, on your on your comparative list here that uh, really jumped out to me. All right, so there you go. Uh, you can catch his work, NFL.com slash fantasy, NFL.com slash Gelhar, Red Zone Ten, uh, play calling tendencies for all 32 teams. This is an incredibly well-researched uh, piece, and I, I do highly encourage folks to kind of take a look at that. So there you go. All right, let's get to Daily Daps and get out. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the Daily Daps and Hook. Give me daps, because I'll be scribbling right. Give me dabbing up, daps about daps Daily Dap time. We're going to start with my guy, MG, Marcus Grant. What's cracking? Uh, I want a Daily Dap. Your local public library. Okay. Um, Hell yeah. You know, uh, as, as, yeah, I don't know. I feel like we are in a, we are in an era now where knowledge and information and facts and that sort of thing are, you know, becoming even more important and are becoming more, I don't know, uh, sought after. Yes. Um, I was, you know, I, I went last weekend and went to the Central Library in downtown LA, which I love that off, library. Is an amazing building. Is just an amazing, incredible building. But it also reminded me, I, I honestly had not been to a library in a few years, um, and kind of just got that feeling back of remembering how cool it was. Like I, I was a kid who, you know, during the summer uh, when I was bored or didn't have anything to do, my mom would always say, why don't you just get on your bike and go to the library and go, you know, and, you know, go look, for, go look for a book, go check out a book, go do something. Um, and just kind of remembering that feeling. And, uh, you know, I was there for uh, a few hours and just it kind of reinforced it. I re-upped my library card and it just kind of, uh, you know, reminded me like I need to go do this more often. And I just encourage everybody to go do it. Take advantage of it. It is a resource that I think is underutilized. And I know the, the response is, well, I have the internet, which yeah, it's all good, but there are things you can find in a library uh, that I think are worthwhile and, uh, you know, probably more in- informing and entertaining and whatever uh, than just if you live in, And if you live in a, a big metro city and you haven't been to your big library, I think it's a it's You've a gotta cool, go. No, that's what I'm saying. It's a it's a cool place. The one in downtown LA like reminds me of Hogwarts at times. It's got <laughs> it, this it it's does. got that massive escalator yeah. in the middle. Like yep. it's this little it's this kind of I mean it's not a little building, but you're like, Oh, this looks like a nice library and you get in and there's this huge escalator right. Right. going and you're like, down floors and I mean, floors it is, and floors. Or maybe Gringotts would be a better it is keep with the le- Harry Potter analogies, but it is legit, you know, eight levels. It's it's crazy. <laughs> it is eight. I was levels. like awestruck the first time I was in there. It was so cool. The yeah. first time, and and uh, I'll share an experience too. But uh, when I went to when it, my first week at Cal, I was their main library at Cal. I was blown away. I was like, whoa. Uh, anyways, it's kind of cool to see. I, I don't know. It's um. I know that sounds super dorky. And I was going to say a bunch a bunch of nerds. I know about <laughs> how cool the library is. <laughs> no, I know. No, I know. But, but you know what? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. It's not a bad date place. Oh, it really is not. You take your you take your girl over there real quick. You just you know do a couple things. You get a little lunch, and then you're done. You know, it's not a bad. Date and it's place. free. And it's free. Exactly. <laughs> it's funny you mention that, Mark, because exactly. I was thinking of stopping yeah. at the library because there's the one right on Overland on my way home, and I was like, I've never been to that one. I was like, I should stop in there and check out some books yeah. because, as you said, you know, facts and and uh, knowledge and things like that are important nowadays. Let's go, AG Alex Gelhar. What's up? Uh, well, first Daily Dap is going to be to BoJack Horseman. Uh, I had heard a lot of people talk about it. I'd want to watch it. It was on my list. Never got to it. Funny. While I was bedridden the last couple of days, I've watched <laughs> okay, like 31 or 32 Whoa! of the nice. 39 episodes. So Solid. Uh, I crushed it. It's very good. It's very funny. The, the voice cast they have is just tremendous. I mean, for the normal people, 
And then the guests that are popping in, I'm like, hey, that's Alan Arkin. And like, hey, that's so-and-so. I'm like, who is that? I'm like, oh, that's Kristen Chenoweth. And they have so many good people popping in. But it's also uh, a very interestingly introspective, dark at times, and thought-provoking show. Okay. Like, it gets into you know, th- feelings of loneliness and isolation and existentialism and what's your purpose in the world and stuff like that a lot. And like it's, it. it's very cool. So as I was laying in bed, you know, hacking and, and sneezing and stuff, it, well, was, it was a good watch. And just, just wait, because it, it keeps going. Keeps on keeping on? It keeps on keeping on. All right. But yeah, it lives up to the hype. And then uh, second Daily Dap is going to go to our own Marcus Grant. We were at, uh, we ran out to lunch quick before we came here, got a yeah. pizza because it's National Pizza Day. Of course. And uh, some, I think, presumably homeless lady came up and asked us if any of us would be willing to buy her a pizza. And Marcus jumped right away and said, yeah, sure. Oh, hell yeah. Took, took her in and bought her a pizza. So. Generosity running way high. Way to go. Way to go, Marcus Grant. Good human for the day. I like it. Good human for the day. Um, I'll give you two. I, I was, before I came in, I was uh, listening to Lupe Fiasco's uh, new album. He dropped it a day early. It's called Drogas Light. Oh my God! Is it good? <laughs> Amazing! Is it I saw you, I saw you tweeting it? about it earlier, brother. It is. <laughs> oh my God! It's amazing. I was, and and the thing is, like, you know, everyone's hip hop taste is, is is different. This has got a little bit for everybody, but man, I think he crushed it. I love Lupe. I think he crushed it. Um, and the first five tracks, I'm like, oh my God, this is, oh, just face melting off. I'm like, this is great. Um, and the last five tracks kind of fall off a little bit, but man, I'll tell you what. It appears it is not yet on Spotify. It is not yet on Spotify. I, I think I went to XXLMagazine.com or something. Uh, I saw it on Twitter. I clicked the link and then it was there. So there you go. I don't know. I have no idea if that's illegal. But Double XL Magazine tweeted out, so uh, I don't know. Uh, I just went to their right, site, dude. I don't your, know. What's your second one? <laughs> My second one. Okay, this is going to sound absolutely effing ridiculous. But do you guys find it hard to find nice athletic black socks? Yes. So Timberland has a sock out. Like and the, the shoe brand or the wrapper? <laughs> the shoe brand. Okay. Good question. <laughs> Good question. But here, so here's my thing. Like, if you have to wear suits all the time, right, and, and you're always trying to find black socks, right, and you can't necessarily wear, like, Nike black socks because they just they don't look nice, right? But if you try to buy nice black dress socks, they suck. Black dress socks are awful. Actually, just j- dress socks in general are just terrible. They're absolutely awful. Where are you getting your dress socks? I, they, they all suck. I mean, even like Happy Socks, which, are, which is totally fine brand, totally like it's nice and everything. But they don't stay up. They're not that comfortable. They wear out quick. I don't know. Whatever. Bottom line is, if you go to your – you could buy this on Amazon or you could go to Nordstrom Rack. Uh, Timberland Basic Crew Socks. I know this is just totally ridiculous. <laughs> hey, man, that's what this section is for. <laughs> this is totally <laughs> ridiculous. But I am – constantly on the quest to find nice black socks. Ones that are, like, comfortable and will stay up. That's my problem, is that they don't stay up. I feel like you could, you know, I don't know, hit up Chris Webber or Jalen Rose or any of the Fab Five. That that was their whole... That was their That thing. was their jam back that in the their, 90s. That was their uh, thing. You know, so. That was their thing. No, but... Uh, and also finding ones that are not going to break the bank. Right? Like, happy socks are nice and everything, but, my God, if you try to fill up your sock collection with happy socks, you're 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 broke. I mean, you're spending an entire paycheck on happy. It doesn't make sense. Timberland basic crew socks, affordable, nice. They look good. Buy them. That's I know it's totally, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous, 
But my God, it is has been a game. And you know what's funny? I've actually been sitting on this daily dap for like six or seven months because I'm like, ah, <laughs> I feel as if this is not really worth. And then I'm like, yeah, screw it. Who cares? Well, if Timberland wants to sponsor us, I will. I'm down. I will gladly promote their socks as well. Can somebody tweet this to Timberland? Because my God, I love their socks. I would love to be sponsored by Timberland. We should be after that, Reed. Jeez. Right. <laughs> uh, hold on. Now. Since Harmon put his on and he's still in his meeting with the shadowy league figure, since I think we're going to set roughly an all-time record for shortest episode. Love it. <clears throat> his daily dap was going to be to 412 Food Rescue. I okay. I'm doing that right, and it's not like 412. but So it says 412 Food Rescue aims to fight hunger by collecting fresh, healthy food that would otherwise be discarded and distributing or directly distributing to community organizations that serve those in need. Uh, it's a rapid response organization that utilizes technology to aggregate and match food donors and beneficiaries and mobilize a community of volunteers to efficiently transport food between locations. So I think it even goes from like grocery stores that might have food that's going bad that they're going to get rid of and then give it to a food bank or some sort or to like a homeless shelter or something. So looks like a very cool organization doing some good stuff because per their website, 40% of perfectly good food goes to waste while one in seven go hungry. I would love to know the backstory of why Matt Harmon. My guess is he heard about it on a podcast of some sort. Okay, he listens to a lot of podcasts, amount of podcasts. Yeah. But uh, however, he found out about it. Good on you, Matt Harmon, and looked good for us getting helping him uh, get the word out. Out of baby, there you go. All right, so that's the show. Next week, it's gonna be no Matt Harmon. Maybe we'll get Adam Rankin. Hey, there you go. James Cohen here, MG Mike, I'm Mark Scrant, Whiskey from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar. You've been listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. We thank you. We appreciate you. We love you. We'll catch you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.